0: How's your life been so far? What I'm trying to get you to do today is think big. That's what I call it, thinking big. Thinking outside yourself big, okay? How's your life been so far? Have you had one of those beautiful lives? You know, those beautiful lives where everything seems to go right. Everything seems to be perfect. Your dreams, they are a reality today, right? Some of you, from the day you were born, you've had your ups and downs, but you've been loved, and you've been appreciated, and you've been encouraged. You've been needed and you've done what you wanted to do in your life. It's been beautiful. It's been a beautiful life. You may not have had a beautiful life from the jump, maybe new throat, no, no fault of your own. It's been a nightmare. Your life has been filled with pain and regret, hurt, anger. And, and you really see down the road, you really see only more of the same waiting for you. Your mind, your body, your spirit, they're tired. You don't see any rest in sight. Maybe you thought you were living a beautiful life. Maybe you thought you were living a beautiful life and that turned out to be wrong. turned out to be a lie. And now you, you don't know what to do or what to think. You're just kind of there wondering, what do I do next? Maybe your life... You haven't lived it yet. It's okay for now. You know, I think more of the young people in this instance, it's okay for now. My life's all right for now, but, but, but I've got a lot of living to do and I want to live that, that beautiful life. If you died today, would everything be okay? Would that be all right if you died? Would all the people in your life, would they be all right? If you you died today, I promise I'm not trying to sell you a life insurance policy right now. There's a place for that. No, these few minutes, I'm trying to get you to think big. My little nine-year-old, turned nine today, Sarah, was thinking big the other night. She told me she couldn't go to sleep the night before. She stayed up all night thinking about, what if mama died? What if daddy died? What would I do if, if, if I didn't live here? Where would I be? What would I do? We've all had those thoughts. Every one of us have had those thoughts. that's not unusual. We've all had moments of thought, worries like that, and everything seems so big, doesn't it? Everything seems bigger than us. Seems scary sometimes. Quiet thoughts, sometimes scary thoughts, but we need to think about them. We need to think about them. We're commanded to examine ourselves to before we partake of the Lord's Supper, what we've just done, first First Corinthians eleven twenty eight, we're commanded to examine ourselves. And Galatians chapter six, verse four, it says we need to examine ourselves to be able to rejoice in what we're doing and not compare ourselves to others. We need to examine ourselves. We need to examine all facets of our life, even those quiet, scary times. The theme for the year that's winding down has been Our Faith Looks Up to Thee. Based on the song that we sang just a few minutes ago, number 338 in your songbook, My Faith Looks Up to Thee by Palmer and Mason. Ray Palmer In 1830, he was a 22-year-old teacher. He wrote these words just for himself. Two years later, he met his friend Lowell Mason in Boston. And Mr. Mason was publishing a hymn book, and he wanted Palmer to contribute to this hymn book. And Palmer showed Mason what he had written. And that night, Mason took those words and put them to the tune that we sang this morning. Mason was excited when he saw Palmer. A couple of days later, he said this, Mr. Palmer, you may live many years and do many good things, but I think you will be best known to posterity as the author of My Faith Looks Up to Thee. And it is a beautiful song, isn't it? It's a beautiful song. A song sung from the perspective of of the petitioner to God. It's a prayer, a beautiful prayer from, from, from the petitioner, the one who wants this faith wants this life wants this zeal wants this i mean it's been like i said we've gleaned every concept from this song this year twice okay my faith looks up to thee we've talked about faith we've talked about the savior we've talked about how does god hear us when we pray we've talked about prayer three and four and five times we talked about guilt and how how guilt gets in you how to get guilt out of your life We've talked about how grace and how much we need grace and how much we need strength and how much we need zeal. Those have, been the, those have been the subjects every Sunday morning, if you've noticed, this year. We talked about how Jesus died for us. We talked about the love that we should have for each other. We talked about the love that Jesus Christ had for us. We have talked about the gospel over and over and over. We've talked about being a living fire. We've talked about living in the branches. We've talked about how we ought to live. We talked about grief and death and how Jesus is a wonderful guide to all those things. Grief, pain, really living. Bid darkness turn today. Wipe sorrows, tears away. We've talked about those tears this year one thing we haven't talked about though we haven't looked really hard at the last verse yet and this will be the form of our outline today when Palmer and his young genius wrote when ends life's transient dream that sounds much prettier prettier than well you're dead now I mean that's what it means well you're dead what he wrote, when ends life's transient dream? Transient means passing with time, remaining in a place only, only for a brief time. When ends the brief life that you have? He describes it as a dream. It seems, you just, you just made mention of that, Brother Cliff. It seems that way, doesn't it? Just, just a few moments ago, you were a teenager. Just a few moments ago, I was nine. I was nine years old once. But it seems like a dream. It seems like I really never was. Doesn't it? When ends life's transient dream? I, I, I know I was that way once. But it seems so far away. And I start thinking big. When I start thinking like that, I call it thinking big. I start thinking outside myself about what's really important in my life. You know, was Palmer's biggest accomplishment really this song? Was that his big accomplishment in life? Has my biggest accomplishment happened yet? Is it happening right now here with you? Is that, is that my biggest accomplishment in life? Is that what I'm here for? has it come yet i mean does my life need to matter to be beautiful what is really important in your life what's really important when this dream ends when this dream ends what what will remain When death's cold sullen stream don't you don't you love the way he describes it? Death's cold, sullen stream, life and death is I can I can see them as a as a stream trickling now but rolling now Ever forward, never backward, death as cold, sullen, gloomy, somber. You know, I've looked into the faces of the dying. I've seen people die and take their last breath. And I've I've looked into their faces with dread on one hand. But with fascination on another, what do they know now? What do they know? What do they understand now that I don't understand and will not understand until I draw my last breath? What do they see? And as the author of the song states, even at 22, these are wise words for a 22 year old death's cold, sullen stream shall o'er me roll. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. We're all appointed to die once, Hebrews 9, 27. But, but look at this verse. Look at this verse in, in connection and the one after, in connection with the words of the song. In Hebrews 9, 20, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin, for salvation. When, in other words, when, when death comes, will Jesus be your blessed Savior? When death rolls over you, and it will, when death rolls over you, will Jesus be your blessed Savior? Will you die in Jesus Christ? Do you eagerly wait for Him now to return? When you die will you eagerly await for him to return as well Blessed blessed savior Then in love. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest or make myself known to him. Jesus is love. Love gets you into Jesus. Love keeps you in Jesus. In Jesus is contained all the blessings. Apart from Jesus, we are lost. Fear and distrust pervade our society. What's it like to die? What's it like to draw your last breath? To cease in this world to exist? Young Ray Palmer believed there was a certain amount of fear and distrust involved. For a moment, take the heart of a nine-year-old just for a second, take the heart of a nine-year-old. What will it be like, what will it be like to die? What will it be like? Some call Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 21 a parable. I don't. I understand this as Jesus drawing a, a curtain back and giving us a a glimpse into the unseen. Jesus spoke many parables, but now he has direct names in this parable. So that's the reason I don't think it's a parable. But even still, if, if it's seen as a parable, Jesus' parables were always based on truth. They were always based on reality. They were never fables. His parables were never fables. And all of these things could really happen. And he took... Aspects from real life, and he put them into his parables to, to make his point. And in Luke chapter 16, his point to the, is to the Pharisees about the law and the prophets, and how, how the highly esteemed, verse 15, those who've had a beautiful life, that doesn't matter much in the end. Have you ever almost died? You ever almost died? I've told this story before, and y'all are going, oh, he's going to tell us that time he died again. Oh, no. I promise you. If you've almost died, if you've ever almost died, it, it becomes a part of you almost, you know? I don't know if I've ever told you the story. There's some, uh, some new ones in here, so bear with me. Okoe River, on our youth trip on the Okoe River, had been there over 30 times already down the Okoe, whitewater rafting. Used to love the whitewater raft. The person at the beginning, they tell you all the safety tests, blah, 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 blah. I've heard this before, blah, 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 blah. Going down the river, not too bad of a spot. There were worse spots that we got into. But our raft flipped. And everybody that was in it, I was in the front because that was the funnest part. That's where you got really wet, was in the front. My raft flipped and everybody in my raft came tumbling up on top of me and pushed me to the bottom of that river. Even with a life jacket on, I went to the bottom of that river and all of the limbs and everything were clawing at me and grabbing at me and I, and I, I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't prepared to go into the water. I was, I was going to die. I felt like, like I was. this is it. This is, I'm going to draw my last breath. They're never going to find me. They're going to have to drag this river for me. Those were the thoughts that went through my mind. Those were the thoughts that went through my mind. Popped up. First thing I wanted to do was take that life jacket off because I I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. And that life jacket was just constricting my lungs. And, you know, if I took that off, I would have died in that raging white water. Then I heard a voice off to the side, keep your feet up, keep your feet up. Some people I didn't even know Keep your feet up. It was the instructions that the lady that I had not listened to, because I'd heard it so many times before, it was the instructions that I was supposed to have listened to because if you keep your feet up, it keeps you pointing downstream so that you bounce off the rocks and you won't drown with that life jacket on. Don't panic. and it made me focus on what was right and good and life-saving Keep your feet up. There's some of you in here today that need to keep your feet up. Keep your feet up. It's going to be all right. You'll come to the surface, you'll get through this. What would have happened if I had died? What would have happened? Where would I have gone? When all those whom I've watched die, finished their transient dream, what happened to them? Read with me. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. The Bible has the answer. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there's a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from, from here to you cannot, nor can those from there to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear. Let them hear them. And he said, "No, Father Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent." But he told him, "If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead." Oh, bear me safe. Is what I want to cry when I read that. Oh, bear me safe, angels. Did you see what happened? Did you see what happened to, the, to, to Lazarus when he died? The angels came and got him. Oh, bear me safe. That's what I want when I die. That's the next thing that I want to see. I love how beautiful the death of Lazarus is compared to his life. The contrast... Born by angels to complete rest, complete safety. The rich man who had a beautiful life had a tormented death. And is still tormented, still trying to beat the system, still trying to play games, isn't he? Man has a soul that survives the body. The story proves it. There are two places you'll go when you die paradise or torment the story proves it the two can't cross back and forth they can't crisscross back and forth the wicked can't be prayed out of torment and can't be prayed into heaven salvation cannot be bought with a price for, for with money the price has already been paid the rich man got no second chance as some believe Lazarus and the rich man they had they had the same names they had identical persons after their death the rich man was told to remember his life remember your life he said it said he had to remember the beautiful life not the life that we sang about. No, he had to remember his beautiful life, that it says, the, the, the sumptuous life, the, the life of sumptuous food, of clothes, of homes, of stuff. He's a beautiful life. His own family. You know, he, his own family, the family he never tried to reach in life, now he, he, he could not reach them in death. He couldn't do it. To the end, he remained selfish. Notice this, he wanted Lazarus, who had finally entered the afterlife of ease, who had finally got what he deserved. He wanted him to go back and do the job that the rich man should have done in the first place. Besides the flames. To know that you could have done something to not be there that must be torment. That must be the worst torment. To know that you could have done something. Now. but Now you're separated from God. And that must be torment to bear. But you don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. When, when ends your transient dream and death rolls over you, where will you be? You can know right now. You can know the answer right now. The song says, When my life ends, Jesus, I'm a ransomed soul. I'm a Christian. Jesus paid the price for our sins. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He was seen by hundreds. This is the gospel, God's power to save. When one obeys the gospel, they become a Christian. Jesus rose from the dead. Do you believe The song describes what happens to the Christian. But what about those who've never realized what's important? Those who don't or won't believe. Some of you have never pondered what will happen when I die. It's never entered your mind. Some of you have never thought about your life in terms of where will I be tomorrow because you think there will be a million tomorrows. Some of you have never put on Christ. Some of you are afraid to obey, and some of you are afraid not to obey. So you're just stuck. Second Corinthians thirteen, verse five. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. You may not be. You may not be in the faith. Are you are you are you scared to take a look? We can help with that. Let me me give you a little test. Have you been saved? This is the the, have you been saved. We can take a little test right now. Let's let's see. Let's let's see if you've been saved or not. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. This is an easy self-test to see if you're in Christ. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you were saved, then you believed and were baptized, you got the order wrong, didn't you? Let me say that again. If you were saved, then you believed and were baptized, you got the order wrong, didn't you? Because that's not what it says, is it? He who believes and is baptized. That's okay. He who believes is saved, then baptized. If that happened to you, you got the order wrong, didn't you? Because what's it say? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, examine yourself. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you are indeed disqualified. Are you are you disqualified? I don't want you to be disqualified. I don't want you to be disqualified. How's your life been? How's it been? More important question is how will your life end? Your life may not have been pretty, but it can end beautiful. Your life can end beautifully. You know who this lady is? Some of you may have seen her before. She's a beautiful lady. Let me read you what Bobby Ross wrote in the Christian Chronicle. Margaret Cook felt numb. She could not believe what she was seeing. For more than half a century, Cook, 78, had prayed that her mother, Lula Wallace, would accept the gospel. Now, five months shy of her 109th birthday, Wallace, still in her wheelchair, was being lowered into the chilly water at the Norris Road Church of Christ in Memphis, Tennessee. Cook would find it difficult to sleep the next few nights as if it had been a dream and she might wake up to discover Wallace really hadn't confessed her faith in Jesus and had her sins washed away. We haven't tried to force it on her in any kind of way, said Cook, a Norse Road member influenced to become a Christian by her late husband Ben. Anytime we had the opportunity, we'd just say a few words. We've just always made sure that we lived the life before her and let her know that Christ always came first in our lives. 30 years ago, Cook helped win her younger sister, Virginia Mack, to the Lord. The sisters, two of the 11 siblings born to a farming family, take turns caring for their mother at their home in Batesville, Mississippi, around about an hour south of Memphis. Wallace, a grandmother of 22, great-grandmother of 45, and great-great-grandmother of 20. Always has lived an extremely moral life, her family said. No smoking, no drinking, no gambling, and she better not think you were doing it, Max said. You had to live a clean life, and that's the way she was. The the late Nokomis Yeddle, the the pioneering minister at the Norris Road Church, came to Wallace's house and joined the daughters in pleading for her to be baptized, but she always declined until a recent Thursday morning. That day, Cook sat down on the side of her mother's bed. They started talking about old times as her mother loves to do. When Wallace complained to her daughter that people just don't want to do what God wants them to do, Cook sensed an opening. Oh, you're so right, Cook said starting in Genesis and leading her mother all the way through the Bible till Jesus' death on the cross. At the end, Cook smiled at her mother and said, Don't you want to be baptized? Yes, she replied. At 108. She may not have lived the most beautiful life, but her end is going to be beautiful. Her end. My end. You can have the same end. The same end of, of many in this room. Maybe not a beautiful life, but a beautiful afterlife. But you've got to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ to have it. You've got to put Christ on in baptism. Or if you're a Christian, you've got to repent of even those secret sins. It's my hope that you will have a beautiful life. A beautiful 2012. But it's my most fervent hope that you'll come to Jesus right now. As together we stand and sing.